In a stadium rich with tradition, the lights shine the brightest. This is the camp. Now, here's your host, Zach Heilprin, on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Yes, welcome into the camp. I'm Zach Heilprin. No Jesse Temple will be back with me on Thursday. Plenty to get to here today as uh, Badgers on the field for practice number 11 this morning. We also have a new commit to talk about, Kyan Barry Johnson, the wide receiver out of Illinois. And the transfer portal is officially open, and a Badger has gone in, running back Julius Davis. We'll talk about that as well. We'll start, though, with practice and the biggest development of the day. A big change among the wide receivers. Uh, we have talked, I think, plenty here this spring about C.J. Williams, the big Saturdays that he has had, including this past Saturday. And apparently it has registered with the Wisconsin coaching staff because he has moved into the starting lineup. He was with the first-team offense in its uh, the entire time today. So what he had been doing prior to this, he had been the number two behind uh, Chimray DK on the right side. And so he had been with the second team, and it got an, a, one or two days where we saw him get reps with the first team, but it was it was almost essentially all with the number two offense. And so today, he was with the first team, and instead of Chimray being with the second team, they moved Chimray over to the left side, where Keontas Lewis had been the starter all camp, and that's where Chimray was today. He was with the first team, but was on the left side as opposed to the right side, and Will Pauling still was the slot receiver. So it's a big change. It also means two of the three, I should say, yeah, two of the four wide receivers that they brought in transfer portal-wise are now with the first team. Uh, C.J. Williams at one spot, Will Pauling in the slot, and then obviously Chimray Dike uh, holding on to the uh, the other spot. So it's probably not unexpected at this point. When you pull, When you make plays like he has made, you deserve an opportunity. Now, there weren't a ton of opportunities today to make plays. It was not a good day for the offense. A lot of drops, a lot of uh, overthrows. Just not a very good day. They probably had defense could have had a couple interceptions. It just wasn't a great day for the offense. Uh, I will say uh, this happened before I got there, but I got the word from Jesse that uh, on the they, they do this little four play sequence to start practice with the first time offense. And uh, C.J. Williams had a, a great diving catch uh, with Hallman in coverage, Ricardo Hallman in coverage, uh, but. Outside of that, there weren't a ton of, of big plays for the offense. We're getting to see C.J. Williams now against the, the Badgers' first-team defense. This isn't the true freshman that he's been going against the entire spring for the most part. This is Alexander Smith. This is Ricardo Hallman. This is Jason Maitre. Those are the three corners that have been running with the first team, and so it's a little bit different. It's a little bit tougher task, and I don't think we'll see nearly as many big plays, but he did have a step or two a couple of times where the ball just sailed uh, over his head. So uh, there were there were some opportunities there for the quarterback to make a throw to give CJ a chance and it just didn't happen today. But I think it's this is a huge this is a huge move. You're not making this move I at least I don't think with uh one practice in mind. I think if you're moving uh Chimray DK over to the other side because you believe he is uh one of your starting wide receivers and he's a guy that picks stuff up very quickly, you can move him over to the left side and it's not going to be that big of a deal. I'm he's played all over the field during his college career, you probably want to leave C.J. Williams in a spot, just you know, leave him in that one spot and let him be comfortable with it, whereas Chimray can kind of move around. But this is very notable. I don't think this is going to be a situation where it's just one day 
and then the next day he's back as the number two guy. I think this is something that perhaps, perhaps is going to be what we see the rest of the spring. Now, again, there's only four practices left this spring, so we'll see. But it's the, the wide receiver group, as we've talked about, is, is just so deep. You know, C.J. Williams and Trimray and, uh, DK and Will Pauliner is your starters, and then your backups are guys that start have played a ton of football at this point in Skyler Bell and Keontes Lewis. Skyler in the in the slot, Keontes Lewis on the outside left, and then uh, Vinny Anthony was with the number twos uh, behind C.J. Williams today. Uh, Vinny Anthony probably has deserved uh, some of what we've seen the last couple of practices. Deserved a little bit uh, better opportunity. He had been the slot, had been in the slot, then got moved outside because he just wasn't getting on the field in the slot, and so now he was outside today. the The biggest question mark, though, is what do you do with Bryson Green, a guy who is as accomplished as anybody wide receiver-wise on this roster. He's been hurt, but he's been back in practice a little bit, doing individual drills, throwing the ball to him, catching it, all that good stuff. But he has yet to do any seven-on-seven or team drills. He is working with the group that uh, on the left side, where it would be right now, it would be Chim Radike, Keontas Lewis, Quincy Burroughs, and uh, Hakan Anderson. And then it's essentially Bryson Green, is the fifth guy there right now, but obviously he's going to play a role at some point. Could he eventually jump up and grab Chimre DK's starting role? I think it's a possibility, but I think it's uh, probably unlikely. Chimre is going to be on the field a ton. You can tell that Phil Longo likes him. I think he likes his ability that as soon as he hears one, if he hears it one time, he knows it. And there's not going to be a ton of mistakes from him. And I think that is certainly something they want to count on. But uh, they went out in this transfer portal over the offseason determined to remake that room and add talent to it they thought that there was talent in there and I I still believe there was talent in there but they felt they needed to add more to it and as I said before two of the four guys that they brought in are now running with the first team and if Bryson Green was healthy he would likely be among or will be among the two deep and so yes the the impact of what they did in the transport at wide receiver I think maybe felt just as much as what they did at quarterback. So that was the big move today with C.J. Williams uh, heading into the starting lineup. In terms of plays being made, Will Pauling continues to be the standout. He had this beautiful 35-yard catch over the shoulder going to his knees with Kamoi Latu bearing down on him and a guy on his back a little bit. Just a great, it was a great throw from Tanner Mordecai, but even a better catch from Will Pauling as he went to his knees. And he uh, had a touchdown later on on a, on a uh, clearly busted coverage, but he is so quick and just so dynamic when he gets the ball in his hands. And the fact that he can catch the way that he can catch, he has a chance to put up significant big numbers. Like if I had to put a bet on it right now, and it's April 18th, but if I had to put a bet on it right now, I would I would say that Will Pauling is going to lead them in catches this year. Uh, just based on what we know what Phil Longa wants to do with the slot guys, the ball is going to be his hands a ton. And I think Tanner Mordecai has started to develop a very large comfort level with him at this point. So he had a great day. Scott, the bell had a got free on a busted coverage for a long touchdown. Uh, it was about 35 yards during one of the team portions. Other than that, it was kind of a, a mixed bag, ton of drops. Keontas Lewis had drops. Quincy Burroughs had drops. You know, Skyler Bell had a drop. 
Shimmery DK had a drop. There, there were drops today. I think there were more drops today than I've seen in uh, the last few practices combined. It just was not a, a smooth day whatsoever offensively for them. And some of it was the throws. Uh, there were some overthrows from Tanner Mordecai. A couple of balls that probably should have been intercepted. Jason Maitre had his hands on one. Ricardo Hallman, I think, had his hands on one. So there, there were opportunities for interceptions today. They didn't get done. But uh, wide receiver-wise, it, it was not their best day. It was, though, I thought another really good day. Speaking of wide receivers, guys who cover them, Jonas DeClona, uh, a guy who stood out on Saturday, uh, stood out again today. It was, I think, a little bit of a learning curve for him to begin the spring, but he's starting to catch on. And uh, going against Keontes Lewis today, a, a great ball from actually from Braden Locke down the left sideline. Would have been a 40-yard touchdown, but last minute Jones DeClone came in and broke it up. It was a great play by him, and you're starting to see, I think, some of the talent that Wisconsin saw, and more specifically, Luke Fickle and Mike Tressel and, and Max Steinecker and Pat Lambert and the guys that recruited him to Cincinnati and then put a you know heavy, heavy effort in getting him to Wisconsin. You're starting to see why. He has made some great plays. In addition to that pass breakup, had one earlier on a little comeback route. So Jonas Cloda has certainly stood out. And they've needed it, right? Because I think, as I said before, I like their top three with Hallman and Smith and Matry. But behind that is just a huge question mark. And it's why they've been looking in the portal. But Jones DeClona may end up being the guy that can crack the two deep this fall. You know, they're still missing Max Lofi and... You know, we'll see what happens when, if Al, when and if Al Ashford is able to rejoin the team. Um, I know, obviously, he's still with the team, but not practicing with them this year. I've seen some videos, or this spring, he's not practicing with them this spring. I've seen some videos of him working out. So hopefully, he's getting healthy and is going to be good to go, uh, both mentally and physically, for the Badgers. But they need some younger guys to step up, and and Jonas Clona has certainly uh, done that. Another guy, and I don't know where this fits in I have no idea where he's going to fit in I it seems unlikely he would just because of the depth that they have at the position but Marty Stry continues to to show up the the the, the walk-on from Sun Prairie the outside linebacker was uh in a yellow non-contact jersey for the first half of spring but has since taken that off and continues to make plays had a sack and then had uh, essentially a forced fumble uh to end practice on what was uh, just a great play by him. He's he's as ent- as intense of a dude as you're ever gonna find too. Like he has and he has no problem no problem getting into it with the offensive guys, and they're more than welcome to, or they're they're more than happy to get after him too. Like it's it's uh, there's a lot of pushing and shoving, a lot of talking. Is as intense of a dude as you're gonna find on this team. But he has continued to stand out in his opportunities at outside linebacker. Another guy who stood out is Jeff Petrowski, who was getting some reps with the first-team defense at outside linebacker today. Uh, they they went through a lot of uh, combinations at outside linebacker, for sure. Um, you know, we've seen Daryl Peterson with the first team, seen T.J. Bowlers with the first team, seen C.J. Getz with the first team, saw Jeff Petrowski with the first team, Caden Johnson with the first team. They have uh, they were using a bunch of different guys there uh, when they went to their 2-4-5 sub-package, so... But Petrowski had a sack. I know he was listed. I think he's listed at 6'1 or 6'2. There's not a chance in hell he's over 5'11. Maybe. He's not a, he's not a huge guy. Uh, but I think he fits that outside linebacker spot really, really well. Really, really well. And and uh, has stood out since he returned to practice. He missed a bunch of time with an undis- uh, with a, with an illness. And so 
uh, was just recently able to get back on the on the practice field and you know rip off that yellow jersey and be able to get after things. And he had a really good practice on Saturday and was back at it again today. A few other things from practice. This is maybe a conversation that me and Jesse should probably have. We were kind of having it today. I don't know exactly where things stand with this, but because because of injury and maybe trying to limit you know some guys. But when it's been the first team offense, it's been Braylon Allen and Ches Malusi as the running backs. They've the only they're the only ones that worked uh, worked worked with the first team offense. With the second team offense, for much of spring or for the first. I don't know, half plus of spring. It was Cade Iacomelli as the number, I guess you would call him the number three running back. But the last few practices, Grover Bortolotti has been with the second team. The uh, the walk-on who famously uh, made it to Rutgers a few years ago, or a couple years ago, as the backup long snapper. And that's the only reason he was there. And he ended up getting late into the game as the running back and showed out uh, against Rutgers. I think that was 2021. But he has, he, I I don't know, man. I don't know exactly where this this depth chart stands. The running backs have already talked, so it's not like we're going to get maybe an update on that. But I, Bordelotti, I don't. Jackson Aker's been been banged up. He's still wearing the yellow non, no contact jersey. But Bordelotti gives them a little bit of a. I think it's probably because of the jersey, but gives a little bit of a, like a Darren Sproles vibe. He's he's just that small, shifty type of player. Um, who's thick, like he's, he's, he's built and he catches the ball really well. I think he's a little bit of a weakness in pass protection because he's just not big enough, but, and I don't know, again, as the fourth running back or the fifth running back, if uh, say Jackson Akers, your third, maybe he's your fourth, maybe he's your fifth. So it's not really a big deal, but it seems like, it seems like he's getting reps over Cade Iacomelli at this point. Cause Cade's been working the, when they go threes, it's Cade Iacomelli with the threes. So uh, I don't know exactly where Grover Borlotti stands on their depth chart, but it's pretty pretty clear these last few practices that he's ahead of Cade Iacomelli. And uh, I know Cade's been uh, battling uh, what appears to be a, a lower leg injury. He's been trying to fight through it, so maybe that's part of this. But I think uh, new uh, running backs coach Devin Spaulding likes him. Uh, definitely does. We, we had a great run today, and then Spaulding was one of the first to meet him as he was jogging off the field, gave him a big high five. And so I don't know exactly where... Bordelotti is actually on the depth chart, but what it appears is what it appears as he's as is the one is that he is right behind Chez and uh, Braylon is essentially the work as he works with the second team offense. So again, that that'll likely change uh, once Jackson, Jackson Aker gets healthy and and uh, we'll see what they what they want to do with Katie Akimeli. Um But again, we'll see. Things can change. Uh, a healthy Jackson Aker. Uh, a maybe healthier and more uh, fluid in terms of being the running back, Kade Iacomelli, because obviously he's coming over from safety. I know he played running back in high school, played a bunch of different things in high school, uh, but was a safety last year. And so um, maybe still getting zeroed in on it. But Grover Bordelotti has been impressive. He has. Um, and it, it's clear that he has impressed the coaching staff because he wouldn't be getting the reps he would be, or he is, if he hadn't. So that uh, that was practice today. Not a ton, not a ton there, not a ton there. Speaking of running backs, let's get into Julius Davis. He has decided to enter the transfer portal. It just never worked out. I think that's uh, fair to be fair fair to say. Selfishly, I'm I'm glad that he finally decided to do it because the questions of uh, 
where's Julius Davis and why isn't Julius Davis getting reps or where's Julius Davis on the depth chart and how, you know, do you think Julius Davis is going to finally break through? I have been a proponent of Julius Davis. It just, it never worked. It just has never worked. We thought getting away from John Settle would give him a a new start because of some of the things that happened earlier in his career at Wisconsin that kind of, I think, soured him for some people. And then Al Johnson comes in and it's the exact same thing. And then obviously, you know, Devin Spaulding comes in and still way down the depth chart. And and he was a little banged up this spring, but we saw him get a few carries on Saturday. He's The thing is, Julius Davis looks the part. He looks the part. So I, I have a feeling that he's going to go somewhere else and I don't know if he's going to break out or anything like that, but I think he could end up in another uh, Power 5 school, like maybe a Kansas, and and have a role and, and have, you know, success. It's just at Wisconsin, it just wasn't going to work. And you think about what he was as a recruit coming in, offered by USC, offered by LSU. He was the first Wisconsin running back, state of Wisconsin running back, to be offered a scholarship in, uh, you know, in a long time. Um, I think the previous one might have been Vontae Jackson in, uh, what was that, 2012, maybe 2011, and then obviously uh, and, and Melvin before that, in terms of guys coming out of, out of high school. The hopes were high. I mean, he was same, he was part of that that same class as Graham Mertz and many other highly ranked players, and it never worked out for him for a variety of reasons. Some of it injury, some of it, you know, his own immaturity that I think he has talked about, where he he you know kind of needed to dig in a little bit better. But again, I think he's gonna he's gonna have a chance, gonna have a chance to make an impact somewhere else. Uh, it just never was the case at Wisconsin. So that. I believe in looking at uh, the scholarship distribution and kind of been tracking that because there's been obviously some talk about what Wisconsin has to do to get down to the 85 scholarship man limit. And I believe before Julius Davis, they were either at 90 or 91, depending on whether uh, Vito Calvaruso, if you save Vito Calvaruso as a scholarship or not, he obviously did coming in. No one believes that he'll have one this fall, but... I guess that remains to be seen. It's either 90 or 91, so it's now either 89 or 90, where Wisconsin is at, and they have to be at 85 when their freshman class arrives. So we'll get it. I'm sure at some point here, me and Jesse will get into a little bit, uh, you know, top five. We joked about it today, top five most likely not to be here this fall. Um, Julius Davis would have been at near the top of that list. He's a guy that has routinely said, uh, I know it's maybe it's been a year or two now, but that he, he just – he loved Wisconsin. He committed to Wisconsin. This is where he wanted to be. And it just, for a variety of reasons, didn't work out. Some of it had to do with Braylon Allen showing up in 2021 and uh, being the type of player that he is. But there was a need for running backs and uh, considering how many guys have left. I mean, you think about Jalen Berger, you think about the two guys who got kicked off, Nakia Watson. Like, there have been a lot of guys that walked out, and yet Julius Davis just could never get above running back three. And I don't think he was ever higher than running back three on Wisconsin's depth chart. And even that was not very, very long. So when given an opportunity, I think he finished about 200 yards on, on 35 carries or so. He, he was okay, but I just don't think the coaching staff ever truly trusted him. So he would have been at the top of the list in terms of guys that I would have said, yeah, I, I feel like they're going to be potentially ones on the way out. And he is now off that list. But there are others, veterans, that uh, veterans are young guys, young, 
yeah, again, not going to do this. We'll do this at some point. We'll do this at some point. But uh, yes, uh, one more thing before we go. Kyan Barry Johnson, the newest recruit for Wisconsin, the wide receiver out of Bolingbrook, Illinois. We saw as soon as he committed yesterday, right around that same time, Mike Brown, the wide receivers coach, tweeted out a picture or a gif of Dante Hall. Uh, Dante Hall is a throwback. I'm, I think that there are probably many that are listening to this podcast that don't know who Dante Hall is. He, is a, he was a uh, great, great wide receiver for Kansas City for a stretch of, oof, what was it? He was with Kansas City for seven years. He was electric as a, as a kick returner. He had six kick returns, or I should say he had six punt returns for touchdowns, five of them with Kansas City. He also had six kick returns for the Chiefs. So he had 12, 12 touchdowns, no, excuse me, 11 touchdowns on returns for Kansas City. Was a solid contributor on offense as well. Uh, never really had more than uh, 40, you know, uh, 40 catches in a season. But you get the ball in his hands and let him go do work. And that's exactly what Kansas City did. He was his nickname was the the X Factor, the Human Joystick, I believe is what he called. He made the Hall of Fame All Two Thousands team as a kick returner. So that's that's the picture he tweeted out when he was talk when uh, right after uh, Kyan Barry Johnson announced his commitment. Now Kyan Barry Johnson is listed at five ten and one hundred and sixty two pounds. Dante Hall was five eight one eighty seven. I think that they believe that they're going to be able to get. Kyan Barry Johnson up into the 180s, and uh, we'll see. But you look at his film. You look at some of the stuff, some of the the jumping and the the ball skills that he has are just absolutely off the charts. Um, I know there's a video out there that Rivals put out of him. You know, it was it was seven, it was just a one on one during some uh, what was some camp somewhere, some uh, and just one on one him and the DB. Everybody standing around, and he just went up over the guy. And one-handed grabbed it, and the place went absolutely nuts. So that's what Wisconsin's getting in, in Kai and Barry Johnson. He is, again, a smaller body, but I think a, a perfect fit for what uh, Wisconsin wants to do with their slot receivers. Kind of like Will Pauling. Kind of like, eh, he's not as big as Skyler Bell. Skyler Bell is uh, much is put together, I think, better than Kai and Barry Johnson right now. But what you see out of, out of Barry Johnson's film is just going up and making plays at at a, at a high level, and he's he's got speed. There's no doubt about it, but I think it's the shiftiness and quickness that kind of makes him different. Now, I did find it interesting that most of his offers were not uh, necessarily Power 5 offers. Wisconsin was, I believe, his first Power 5 offer. Some other schools were showing interest, Illinois, Tennessee. Um, I did find it interesting in Jesse's story. He talked to Kyan and said that uh, he is 100% committed, but he's going to take some other visits this fall. So, uh, for whatever that is, for, for you take that for what it is, but, uh, he feels like a perfect fit for this offense. And I know that, uh, they, they are trying to add more athletes to it. And, uh, he, I think he mentioned, uh, Josh Downs, the guy at North Carolina who, um, had just a huge last couple of years for Phil Longo in this offense and, uh, a guy and Will Pauling. He said he talked to Will Pauling. And so, you can kind of see them starting to recruit those type of players, those type of kids that are going to be able to fill that role in the slot and give them something a little bit extra in terms of an athlete 
that's going to be able to you get the ball in his hands and just let him go. And we've always we 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 hear that from Phil Longo almost every time we've talked to him is you know we we want to recruit the best athletes we can, get them in space, and let them go work. And Kyan Barry Johnson is one of those guys that is going to be able to go out and uh, and work. So he is commit number seven in Wisconsin's class. They. I believe, are number 20 now in the country according to the 24-7 composite rankings. That's going to change on a day-to-day basis as guys commit uh, other places. But right now, on track for a top 20 class, uh, they are after uh, a number of other uh, highly ranked kids, both uh, you know some in-state, most out-of-state. Uh, Peter Roy still very much on their uh, on their board and and going after him hard, the number two player in the state behind Donovan Harbor and the one in front of run, running back Corey Smith. Both of those guys likely ending up at Penn State. I know uh, Donovan Harbor going to be committing later today. So uh, my understanding, Wisconsin has not been recruiting them for some time for a variety of reasons. We're not a good fit, and hopefully soon can give a little bit more detail on why that wasn't a fit, but. I know from an outside point of view, it's going to look poorly, but Wisconsin has to go uh, losing kids in state, losing highly ranked kids in state to Big Ten teams, uh, which is not totally dissimilar to what happened uh, a couple years ago when it was was Carson Hinsman going to Ohio State and and Billy Shrouth going to Notre Dame. It'll be viewed by others as uh, similar to what, you know, Paul Kristaff did with those, with losing those two guys, but... um, Different situations, different situations. So, again, we'll see how everything plays out. I know as we talked to Max Steinecker and, and Pat Lambert a couple weeks ago that while certain kids are going to rank this or certain kids are going to rank that or certain classes are going to be here, certain classes will be there, that when you look up, and this is what Max said, when you look up at the end of the day, the 2024 class is something that Wisconsin fans are going to be proud of and happy with. And um, certainly Kyan Barry Johnson is part of that. And... There will be more to come, certainly more to come. All right, that's going to do it for the show. Tomorrow, tomorrow, going to be joined by former Michigan tight end Jake Butt. He is going to be on the call for Wisconsin spring game this Saturday. Uh, and by scrim, spring game, I mean the launch, the the practice. That's open to fans. It's going to be free, but it's going to be on, uh, I think it's on BTN. could be BTN+. Plus. Um, but uh, Jake Butt will join me. Uh, we'll get, a, get an outside perspective on what uh, the Big Ten thinks is happening in Madison with new coach Luke Fickle and, and maybe some of how some of the Blue Buds in this, in this conference feel about you know, uh, Luke Fickle being here and, and whether the, the Badgers have a chance to, to push themselves into a different stratosphere with him as their head coach. Uh, so that'll be tomorrow. Until then, you've been listening to The Camp.